It is still September 27th. I keep looking at my watch. This is Garrett Moore. Hey, everybody. No, that goes on the floor. That's for the people. <laughs> Good practice. That's for the people who zoom to the like, what recording was that? September 27th, Garrett Moore. All right. It goes like this. Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Garrett Moore. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Garrett Moore is a parkour athlete with Atlas Parkour based in Seattle. He has traveled the world training and moving with many communities globally and has a wide ranging athletic background, including gymnastics, diving, yoga, and rock climbing. Garrett is passionate about social change and is a community organizer of nonprofit and electoral campaigns for progressive policy. Welcome, Garrett. Hey, thank you. And I'm going to do it again. I always okay. do too. Your intro is becoming faster and faster and faster. Thank you. <laughs> Every time I listen to it, you're just like a little faster. Yeah. And I'm trying not to be BBC Craig. Dan was like, you're turning into BBC Craig. I'm like, welcome to the Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see how and how fast I could do it without saying it wrong. <laughs> welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Garrett Moore. Thanks for having me. Garrett Moore is a parkour athlete with Atlas Parkour based in Seattle. He's traveled the world training and moving with many communities globally and has a wide-ranging athletic background, including gymnastics, diving, yoga, and rock climbing. Garrett is passionate about social change and is a community organizer of nonprofit and electoral campaigns for progressive policy. Welcome, Garrett. Thank you. Garrett, your session at Art of a Treat was titled Telling Your Story to Motivate Others to Action. So the first obvious place to start is, can you just tell me a little bit about what the session was and how it works and how it played out? Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. So I uh, am lucky that I've been able to train a lot of folks in uh, the basics community organizing, especially using one's personal narrative or story uh, to motivate others to action, but uh, never quite in the parkour Mm. Um, space and um, and so I was actually really nervous a lot more nervous than I expected having done similar trainings in the past seeing some of my truly heroes in the group um, <laughs> and so I, I just called it out I said you know at the top of my like, hey, heads up I am so thankful for everyone to be here and be part of this workshop but I am really nervous because I have some heroes out here and uh, just putting that out there and then thank you for being patient with me in the meantime and and I assume they threw tomatoes at you and then like hauled you off or uh, yeah, that's exactly how it <laughs> No, but how did it really go? Did it turn out well? It was fantastic. Um, I was so thankful uh, by the end of it. I, I didn't even ask or encourage or, or, or ask people to do this, but um, I closed the session at the hour mark and um, I, I turned around uh, for a moment. All of a sudden I turned back and uh, Marlon is up, standing up, sharing his personal narrative as I had asked mm. one individual to do previously um, and sharing the personal narrative and encouraging others to action on the issue that he was he was facing. Um, and and then it proceeded again and again and, and, and again. again. Four, five more people stood up independently, separate from the workshop, and the crowd started kept growing too of folks who were shuffling into the main cabin uh, to continue to hear folks sharing their personal narrative. And I was like, I was like, you know, I, this is the dream to <laughs> actually, yes. yeah, to actually get people to be able to share their personal narrative to motivate others. 
So can you tell me how did the, um, it, the the lecture, how did that actually work? Like what were you, what topics were you covering and how did they respond to them? And in particular, was there anything that you gave them that you think really surprised them as like they weren't expecting that? Yeah, um, probably gonna take a mulligan here. So um, I would be happy to share a uh, like less than five minute version of the workshop um, if that would be helpful to offer a little bit yeah, more Yeah, if you can, if you can do that off, off the cuff, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so, um, as I mentioned at the top, um, I was doing a workshop on sharing your personal story to motivate others to action. Um, I, I started off by sharing, um, I am, uh, I grew up in San Diego, California, currently a mover based in Seattle. Um, but growing up in San Diego, I, um, always had my two older sisters who were involved in, in everything you can possibly imagine, but uh, gymnastics from an early, very, very early age. Um, I decided I being the annoying little brother had to participate <laughs> right. as well. Um, and I, I'm the one who actually fell in love with it. Um, everything about it, climbing, running, jumping, flying through the air, everything you could possibly imagine. Um, unfortunately though, um, in around age 12, 13, I started getting some, uh, pretty serious chronic pain in uh, a lot of my joints. Um, it's not something that went away with any sort of exercise or anything else. Um, saw a dozen different doctors uh, with 10 different diagnoses and probably 20 different medications in the process <laughs> too. Um, ultimately, um, I uh, was diagnosed with something called ankylosing spondylitis. It's a genetic form of arthritis um, that uh, it ultimately prevented me from continuing in competitive gymnastics. Um, and it was at the same time through this process that I, uh, I, I really came into, I guess the best word for it is a funk, um, in that physically I couldn't train the way I wanted to. Um, and emotionally it, it took an even larger toll. Hmm. Um, I was, I was a little bit more, uh, unstable. I would lash out emotionally, um, in a way that I look back and I'm embarrassed to even think about some of the ways I engage with some people really, really close to me. Um, but, um, go figure one day, uh, I came into the gym and saw my gymnastics coach, uh, doing what I now know as parkour hmm. or, or some, some basic vaults in parkour. Um, he proceeded to, to bring me under his wing, teach me some of the basics, um, and, uh, never looked back, uh, 11, last 11 years since I have been, uh, able to train in, in various, in very many forms, um, have had to adapt it to, uh, help, uh, improve my disease. And now I have my disease under control. Um, and I love the calm and peace that I gain now every time I train consistently. Um, and and to to apply it back now to uh, you mentioned the top. I've, right. How did that lead you? How did that journey lead you to today to the yeah, session? Exactly. Exactly. So I was very very lucky, uh, as you mentioned at the top. I've gotten to live and train uh, in a lot of places around the world. Um, and in and uh, every place I've lived, I've I've learned that I come back to this uh, desire, this need to have a group of people that I get to train with uh, regularly, consistently, and that's what helps me get back to that core place where I can learn new techniques. But it at the end of the day helps bring me that peace and that physical mm -hmm. uh, comfort um, of being able to train consistently. Um, and I recognize that that's the case for a lot of movers: is that we need to have folks that we can train with consistently uh, to continue to develop our, our techniques and our skills, but then also more importantly, uh, to be able to uh, improve our, our own training and the wider, wider community as well. Um, and so um, I, I shared real quickly uh, at the end of this, um, this, this uh, challenge that Seattle has faced. Uh, we unfortunately lost uh, the gym at Park Revisions uh, mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, and it was an incredible place where you had folks of all ages coming together to train in a way that you don't have in a lot of other parkour spaces. And so um, I uh, asked uh, everyone who was there in attendance um, to, uh, you know, I shared a little bit more detail as to how it impacted the community. 
um, and encouraged everyone to take a uh, quick action uh, that was related to a uh, ultimately theoretical uh, action that they could take to uh, help uh, build that new central space in Seattle mm-hmm. where we could come together um, and help address some of the, the challenges and uh, shortcomings of the how did that community. How did that work out? Did that bring them together or did they find that like being able to talk about it was, oh, that's exactly what I needed? Yeah. So it immediately, everyone was ready to take action. And mm. honestly, I, thinking back, I probably shouldn't have made it a theoretical action. Um, and, <laughs> um, I didn't know because it was work everyone well. was disappointed. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, then the rest of the workshop, I, I spent uh, basically explaining, breaking down what I uh, had done, which is uh, sharing what's called the personal narrative. Uh, so personal narrative is a tool uh, used by community organizers, some of the most effective in the world. Um, you know, Barack Obama comes to mind in his 2008 uh, presidential campaign. Um, he was trained under this model that's set up by a guy named Marshall Gans at the Harvard Kennedy School. Um, I'm very lucky that I was, uh, be able, I was able to train under this model as well. Um, and it's been proven to be an incredibly effective way to get people to take action, to change, uh, make a change in their community. If, you're cha- if your community is your immediate family or if it's the human race. Mm. Um, you, the use of a personal narrative has, uh, in my own life, I've seen do everything from uh, help heal a rift in the local community uh, that I had recognized to help bring down a violent violent dictator in DRC in Central Africa. Mm. It has the ability to uh, be so powerful in, in the way that um, it helps solve uh, whatever problem uh, a community is facing at that time if we're able to come together on our personal motivations and our core motivations and values as a community. So how does... How does this, um, the model, how does the tool differ from just generic storytelling and sitting on a fire and telling a personal story? Yeah. So, I mean, that's often uh, how it starts um, is because, you know, when you're sitting around a campfire, you're often with, with folks that you love, that you care about, you're able to be a little bit more open. Um, but the the way it differs is that uh, you got to come and get down to brass tacks in that what is it that motivates you as an individual to take action, to want to solve a problem or address an issue that your community is facing? Um, and then on, on top of that, recognizing then what that shared value or motivation is within the wider community mm-hmm. too. Um, the language I use around this, and I'd be happy to share some materials afterwards too, if it's, if that's available. Um, it's called the story of self, mm-hmm. uh, of being able to share what, uh, is the basis for your core motivations and values, the story of us, what motivates a community to want to take action. And then the story of now, what adds some urgency um, in the case of the workshop I was sharing, it's that you know we have uh, not only lost this community aspect in Seattle of uh, the lack of conditions in, in physical Seattle, space, right? um, but that also we have this opportunity to take an action right now that would make this difference. Again, so do each of those motivations? Do each of those motivations have to be the same, or is the the model to be like this was my motivation, but this makes me think that we could, and then I think we should kind of thing? Yeah, um, I mean, you can get a little bit meta for sure in that, like, you can define what the motivation is of the individual versus the community. But at the end of the day, you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, the personal narrative doesn't work if you're not honest with yourself. Uh, if you don't share why it is that you are motivated to take action, um, and why it's important to you. Um, and then also similarly being honest with yourself and what motivates others to act. Mm. Um, honestly, that's probably where I failed the most when it comes to working as a community organizer or volunteering as a community organizer is not being honest with myself and what actually is going to mov- motivate others. Mm. Uh, what core uh, values do I share with others that we can base a relationship on and then take action, then talk about the tactics, uh, the methods, the actions that we want to take to address a larger problem that the community is facing. So what do you do if you have, um, say, a target or a goal in mind and you feel that you have, and I'm thinking like for people who are listening, so I, I, you know, I imagine something that I would like to achieve as a community 
and I have the personal story and I have what I think is personal motivation, how do I figure out like what happens if the people that I'm working with don't, I can't find the common bridge? Like, do I need to find different people or are there ways to always find a common thread or how does that work out when you try to like draw this A to B to C? I know C and I know A, how do I get B in the middle? Yeah, absolutely. It's the classic challenge of anyone who's trying to uh, organize at the grassroots level for any societal change. Um, it's how to build enough of a consensus amongst a large enough group of people. Um, and so, you know, it's never, never changing your values uh, unless they actually change within yourself. Uh, don't change your values to, to be part of the group. You have to find the group that uh, shares your common values. Otherwise, and I've uh, been part of this before, uh, the, uh, the community crumbles um, mm. and you are not able to make any change that you saw in the first place. I'm also wondering if you, um, since you have the, as you were saying, the meta um, point of view on this, you understand the some of the theory and the nuts and bolts behind what's going on with this storytelling to create change. I'm wondering if you, do you feel that people who don't realize that this is like a skill or a theory that you can actually learn, if they don't realize that, um, do they bash up against that missing piece in the middle? And then does that cause them, I'm guessing that would cause them a lot of frustration. And then if you don't understand that the problem is, okay, not your value, that's the problem, you have the motivation, but this piece in the middle is missing. Like, could you find that if you just teach them the model and the tool, even if they don't actually affect change, it still affects them personally and like gives them the ability to go, oh, I should be going over here. So like the model can affect change, but also it can affect personal change. As long as it's not taking away from the change that you <clears throat> seek in the world uh, or in your community, immediate mm -hmm. community. Um, that's, that's my mindset. Do no harm as well at the same time? Like, sure. If, if I ran a campaign, that was a total flop, mm. um, say it was something very tangible, like electing an individual that I'm, I'm working or volunteering yeah, for got a clear and goal totally here. fails. <laughs> um, like you get, you know, 20% of the vote, uh, <laughs> or something like that. Um, that as long as you are still sticking to your core values and you didn't change those, uh, for any reason other than your desire to change them because your core values changed and then similarly with with the community that you're organizing within um, then uh, you haven't done harm um, you haven't you know uh, you know some of this does come down to ideology at the end right. of the day too uh, but uh, there's often very very often um, pretty much anybody that you'll meet uh, from day to day you're going to be able to share a core value with them mm. and it's just what that value is and whether or not you want to take action on it right. So I want to go back to um, the session itself more specifically. So the people, sorry, that missed the session who weren't actually there. Um, was there anything about it that you had maybe an expectation or maybe even a hope that you were going into the session with and either you got completely surprised, like, oh, my fear wasn't realized or I had a hope and it was really way better than I was thinking. Like, I'm just wondering in places where there was a disconnect between what you envisioned for the session and what actually came out. Absolutely. I uh, so at the end of my session, I tried to stick real close to that that hour time limit. Um, at the end of the session, I had one of the participants uh, volunteer to share their personal narrative. Um, and uh, so then I made my closing remarks and and ended the session. I turned around for for about ten seconds, turned back around. And sure enough, I one of the participants, Marlon, stood up and had already started sharing his personal narrative as well. And uh, so I just, ha I stood back and on. I'm just like, oh my God, this is working already. Right. And then sure enough, four more people after him stood up hmm. and we're in the main cabin uh, where the, all the uh, the meals take place. Right, and so, main, yeah, and by this point, people would be glomming on, right? Yes, There's extra people in exactly. this Exactly, so you had a larger and larger crowd 
for each uh, individual that started to share their personal narrative as well. So we had, I think, four more people after that get to share their personal narrative um, in a really powerful way. And, um, you know, I got to hand it to all the organizers of the Art of Retreat and all the participants as well, because it I've never, I've run similar trainings like this in many different settings, never had that many people volunteer step up mm. and be willing to be that vulnerable. Because uh, as you heard in my story of self, um, you can share some pretty intimate details. Yeah. And some some individuals who are participating really did in a way I would not have expected and haven't seen uh, any other time I've run a similar training. So I'm going to guess that you would like to come back next year would be my read on that. Um, and what I'm wondering is, is there, um, what made you decide to come to the event? Like, was there some particular thing that you were hoping to, I don't want to say find here, like there was something wrong with you, but like, was there something that you saw? Like, I really wonder if I would be able to maybe try something different, or I'd really like a chance in a smaller venue to talk to these people. I'm just wondering like, what actually drew you in? And what I'm fishing for is other people who are listening, they may be on a different topic than you, but they may be thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to find X or Y. So I'm wondering if there's a particular thing you can point to. They said, that was the tip. That was the thing that catalyzed me to actually commit to putting in my application. Yeah, I've got a two-part answer here. Um, first off, I uh, saw some of the individuals who had attended previously, and they're individuals who I deeply respect mm. in the Parker Committee, either I think their movement is beautiful and inspiring, or I think they are some of the most incredible coaches I've ever heard from, mm-hmm. um, even if I haven't met them before, uh, just seeing them online. And so n- recognizing that some of those individuals, um, and I finally got to join a workshop with Amos right. uh, just today, and it was incredible. It was everything I could have possibly imagined. I'm like, can I please have like two more, three more, five more hours of that? <laughs> uh, the other part being, um, I, as I, I mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned at the top in, in your kind introduction to me, um, I, I do work as a community organizer. I've done it volunteer and, and professionally for um, better part of a decade now. And um, I have only very briefly uh, used some of these skills and some of these trainings in any parkour setting. Uh, mm. And so I recognized that it was going to be very different um, and uh, probably challenging just because of the different setting. Um, and some of the difference differences that w- people, uh, how people wanted to positively if, impact their community, um, uh, and so absolutely uh, that that was uh, fulfilled. That desire to uh, apply some of these these trainings and this knowledge that I've been able to gain and practice over years uh, with folks in different parts of the parkour community, um, and this goes out to everybody else as well who are listening. Um, please, please. Um, I love sharing this knowledge with individuals uh, as to how to more, uh, more productively, more positively make an impact on their community in whatever way it is. If you're if you're a coach, if you're a gym owner, if you are even just uh, tangentially related to the Parker community as a mover, uh, someone who wants to positively impact the community, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'll be happy to share some of my contact information or ways to get. Yeah, I was going to say so. What, um, like, give us where like can they find yeah. you on Facebook? Can they find you on Instagram? Or how can they reach out to you? What yeah, would you pre- prefer? The easiest way is probably going to be on Instagram. Um, my handle is Garrett underscore Moves. I'll spell that out: G A R R E T T underscore Moves. M O V E S. And uh, feel free to reach out to me there. Any other places they can reach you? Have a website or, or or like maybe where will you be next? I don't know exactly when these get released, but if you have anything else on your calendar, like well, I'm going to be at so and so at when and when. I remain based in Seattle, Washington, Mm -hmm. and probably will be. um, But I am probably going to be hopping on another campaign soon, so I will not be traveling for parkour um, in the immediate uh, timeline. But 
always happy to reach out and work uh, online with folks as well as to how to uh, positively impact your community. Garrett, I think it, an obvious question to ask you is, okay, you've got the tool set for affecting change. Um, and then the question is, like, can you actually leverage that change? So either what's one or two of the things you would love to change, or maybe what's something that you've been trying to change, but you don't feel you have the right fulcrum for it yet? Um, I, uh, I think that, uh, president Trump is one of the greatest threats to the future of our democracy, um, and of the, uh, peace and global stability, uh, around the world, um, and our ability to combat climate change. And so I think, uh, all of us must get involved, um, positively productively in, uh, ensuring that another individual, um, from my perspective, ideally a, a progressive Democrat is elected to the office. Um, and so that's how I'm going to be spending my time, um, most of my time in the next year or so. Is and what's your, what's the thing that you're looking for in the, so going back to that ABC thing I was saying yeah. about, uh, you know, your A, you have your self story, your self motivation. What is the, um, the, the place where you put the crowbar, you know, to get like, how do you find the B people to make that next connection? Like, what are you actually looking for that you think would enable you to form that connection with them? Yeah, I think about uh, a great example here. My a buddy of mine I have in uh, Seattle who um, is an undocumented immigrant, mm -hmm. um, and he is uh, a not only a dear friend of mine, but one of the greatest community members community members I can point to in in Greater Seattle and how he gives back to his community. Uh, not not only working uh, to be a positive influence on his immediate relations, friends, and family, um, but he works as a, a labor organizer as well. So trying to in, improve the lives of, of those uh, around him who are working to provide for their families every single day. Um, and so I think about him uh, and I encourage others as well to think about individuals in their life, uh, especially for, for those who uh, may look a little bit more like you and you and me who are, um, are, are white men, uh, and especially those who don't have other uh, more obvious challenges, outward challenges mm -hmm. uh, to, and that uh, would threaten their, their, uh, peaceful existence in this country. Um, so I think back to my buddy who is living undocumented in Seattle. Um, and I think about uh, the threats to him that he's faced, especially um, in these last three years and the the policies that uh, we're, we're seeing being passed out of Washington, D.C. Um, and so I use that as motivation to myself uh, to say, you know, we got to fight back and ensure that my buddy isn't uh, deported unnecessarily and that he can continue. Do you find that, do you find that resonates with yeah. people that you're able to then um, like once you get them, like get the magnets lined up, then you get them going in the same direction and then that makes it, I mean, obviously it makes it easier, but like, are you finding that's, um, that you're making headway on that or is it like a, a real uphill struggle or? Well, it depends on the, it depends on the campaign. You know, I, in the, in the example I was just sharing, uh, you know, electing a president, uh, is an incredibly exhaustive, uh, campaign that yeah, involves complex mil millions layers of layers and right. And so my insertion point to that and the way I find it to be effective my story of self is how I see this uh, impacting uh, my loved ones. Um, and I encourage others to think about, uh, and the reason I use that example is, um, you know, there are a guarantee uh, folks in, who live around you or who you interact with on a regular basis uh, who are li living undocumented in the United States. Um, and so to think about, you know, the positive impact that they're making and the positive impact that they might not be able to continue making. Um, and to use that as a motivating factor to, to uh, in, ensure that you take some action, mm -hmm. at the very least that's voting. Um, uh, beyond that, it can be ta having conversations about why right. that matters to you. Uh, beyond that, you can volunteer the campaign if there's one that speaks to you in your heart uh, particularly. So absolutely, yes. I, I, this is the only way I see that social change takes place, especially on a large scale. That's how democracy works, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know there's 
probably plenty of listeners here who are uh, not content with how Fig has uh, engaged in parkour. Um, and that's a attempted good, that's a good, to engage. That's again, a good way to put sorry, that. Work in politics. <laughs> um, has attempted to take full control, control of, of, over right. the the governing of our our sport and philosophy. Um, and so I, um, while I am uh, not the the individual chomping at the bit to step up and and get everyone organized on right. this right now, there are, are fights that I'm willing to be part of, and there are fights I'm willing to lead. Um, I see there are incredible individuals uh, that are part of the parkour community. Uh, that at the very least we can engage with each other and this can literally start with one-on-one conversations um, but then uh, how, we have to go bigger than that too as well as to how we want to see ourselves governed mm. it's not enough to just say fuck fig mm. um even though i i might feel that way right um it's more important to then also uh, then say okay then what um and so i'm incredibly supportive of uh not only uspk and uh parkour earth but any attempt for us to be more self-governed and, and, and in a democratic way. Right. Um, but that, uh, like any democracy, requires participation. And so I want to encourage everybody to start to have some of those tougher conversations. Um, and this goes for any, uh, any topic that touches parkour. Um, great example here being as well a conversation I was engaged with recently is how we ensure that transgender athletes can continue to participate in our sport, whether that be in, carp- in competition or however it is that they want to participate mm-hmm. as well. Um, and not to say that we just uh, blanket say, all right, we open up uh, no rules whatsoever, but that we have a conversation with individuals that are affected by the rules that we set, especially as leaders in this community. Um, you know, For example, I love the sport, sport Parker League. I think it's incredible what they're doing with the sport right now and the athletes that compete it's fucking nuts what they're doing. <laughs> um, uh, but we all got to be willing to engage on some of the more challenging uh, topics that we're facing uh, to make sure that we remain an inclusive community that we really are. Garrett, normally I would say at the very end, how can people get a hold of you? We already did that. So anything else? Yeah, absolutely. Please go follow Atlas Parkour. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a wonderful team that I'm part of. Uh, folks from literally around the world that have come together in Seattle to create uh, really uh, unique uh, movement types. Uh, mm. We're coming out with a new video soon too, featuring Freeway Park and some new clothing line as well. People love that. Yeah. Um, Instagram handles, websites. Yeah. yeah give me, give me, give me. At A-T-L-A-S dot parkour. Mm. Cool. Thanks, Garrett. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.